I love that noise. <laughs> this morning we come to the last in the series that we have been going through, series entitled Preparation. And... Um, it is the first in the series on the topic through the year that we've had hill climbing for beginners and it's the final one in that series. Before we continue, I just want to read... Oh, I haven't got my, my pinger here. Where's the... That's down the front there. I want us to read together from... I'm sorry if I sound all over the place. Hang on, before we start, I think we got, I need to just pray. Let's just bow our heads in prayer a minute. Father God, I pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit amongst us this morning. I pray that the words that we hear, the words that come from my mouth, I pray that what is said this morning, I pray that, Lord, you will anoint what is of you and I pray that you will take away what is of me. Lord, we want to hear you. I want to hear you this morning, Father God, because I want us as a body of your people here in Harlow, to catch the heart that you have for Harlow and for us and to grow us and to take us forward and to build us and to make us into the people of God that will do all the things that you have preordained for us to do. And Lord, we need your anointing to do that. Father God, I'm just suddenly... I'm suddenly so keenly aware that I can stand here and I can spout the things that I've been thinking. And Lord, if you do not touch them by the power of your Holy Spirit, they are just wind into the air. They are just wind blowing across windpipes and they mean nothing. Father God, I pray this morning for the outpouring of your Spirit that you will speak to us, that you will speak to me, that you will challenge us, that you will grow us, that you will inspire us, Father God. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. And just touch us this morning, I pray in your name. Amen. I want the, the first of uh, the, 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 the readings for this morning to be from Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 3, and then finishing off with verse 9. As I've prepared, I discovered that just being given a topic best foot forward was not the simplest of sermons to put together. And I must admit, I've, I've, I've battled with this this morning. I've battled with, with hearing, not just hearing what God wants to say, but, but how, how to do it. And in the middle of that, the Lord gave me these, 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 this, this scripture. And I, I finally began, I, I felt, to understand what it was God wanted to say to me and to us as a body of his people here this morning. Proverbs 3, uh, Proverbs 16, 1 to 3 and verse 9. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs his motives. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. And then verse 9. And the mind of a man plans his way but the Lord 
directs his steps. There's a story of an old Scotsman who he, his, his job was to, op- to operate a rowing boat to transfer people across the lock, loch. And um, when people got in the boat, they noticed that um, on his oars, he had two words written, one on each oar. On one oar was the word faith. On the other oar was the word works. Just think about that for a minute. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Putting your best foot forward is my title for today. It's where we've got to. We've, been, we've looked through, we've had, we've had three other weeks, we've had looking to the summit, planning to climb and getting the right gear. But to be honest with you, It is no good, it's all very well looking to the summit, seeing where we want to go, understanding where the the, the destination is. It's all very well seeing that. It's all very well planning how we climb, working out what route to take, working out that actually what team we need to have with us, that we can't do this on our own. It's all very well getting the gear right, understanding the right kind of boots or understanding the right things, making sure we're prepared. As they say, the rubber hits the road when we actually start taking that first step. When we start the climb is when it really gets serious. When we take the first step or when we put our best foot forward. And sometimes... Probably many times, and I don't know about you, but I know it is for me. Sometimes what Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step, but even when I don't see the whole staircase, seems to be the way very often it is. We like, I am, I'm a guy, I, I like to see the big picture. That's the way I think. I, I like to see the big picture. I like to understand where we're going. Sometimes I miss those smaller details. I miss the smaller things because my brain works in seeing that picture, seeing the destination and not really worrying about how we're going to get there at the moment, but that's where we're going. And sometimes, just sometimes, we don't get to see it. Sometimes we have to, we have to wait. Look again at these two verses that we've got, the Proverbs 16, verse 1 and then verse 9. As I was thinking about these, and as I say, the Lord gave me these two passages and I was sort of, how, how is this connected with, with taking the next step, stepping forward? Something came out from it and I just felt the Lord put his finger on something in my heart. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That's an interesting interesting way of putting it. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his footsteps. Really, what I realized about these two scriptures is they're talking about a living faith. Now, I'm not saying that is the only thing, that that is what these passages... No, I'm saying what God spoke to me about, what God put in my mind on these scriptures as reason was that actually in both of those statements you can see active faith. What do I mean? The plans of the heart belong to the man or the heart of a man plans his way. Those two first parts of the statement, that's really a faith statement. It's saying that we plan in our hearts, we work it out. You know, we come along on a Sunday. 
we sit there, we hear a preach, and God starts talking to us, and it starts happening inside. We stand over coffee with somebody, we're having a chat, we have a conversation, and in that conversation, something Something drops, something is said, and we feel challenged or we feel God speaking to us, we feel God ministering, saying something to us. We go to home group, we go to Coffee Connect groups. Let me just say this, if you're not in a Coffee Connect group, think seriously about it. Because the Christian walk, the walk that we have, the everyday walk, we need each other, we need one another to encourage us, to challenge us, to prod us sometimes. You know, sometimes Barry and I will sit and we'll chat and have a coffee and Barry will say something to me and he's feeling he needs to say it to me but he's concerned that I might take it, I might get hurt by it. And I sit and I listen, I get challenged. I take it in and I start thinking about it. We need that to happen, church. Because we have a world to go out there and reach. And we need to know that when we go out and reach the world which feels very uncomfortable and very unsafe at times, we need to know that our back is covered by our family and friends sitting in the church. The people that we know, the people that pray for us, even when we don't know they're praying for us. The people that have our back. That's an aside. Coming back to this. That first part of the statement is a faith statement. It's something going on in the heart. It's internal. But the second part of that statement, the answer of the... uh, um, Where is it? The mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And also, the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That is the outworking of something that's going on in the heart. What is faith? What is true faith? What is living faith? It is something that happens in the heart. It's faith and it's works. It's works and faith. You see, the next next step, taking the next step... Stepping forward, climbing the mountain, after we've seen all those things, after we've put everything in place, the next step is action. It's faith. And what I felt God was saying to me was, listen, this putting your best foot forward is about having faith. Stepping out in faith. Stepping forward in faith. Trusting me. I'm going to quote John again. The 1st of January this year, John said something that stuck in my mind from then, from then till now. He simply said, you can't climb hills or mountains while you're sitting in your sofa. You can't climb hills or mountains while sitting in your sofa. We need to be ready. Barry's challenge to us last week, Sharon mentioned it earlier on, go actually, darling, it was go up and chat to people and say hello and then, then say, the fact that you were here, you missed that. That's... Did you do it? Have we done it? I believe some have. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I sat, I listened to Pete, Pete sharing at the men's breakfast on, on the previous Saturday. And I was almost squirming in my seat because I was feeling really challenged by what he was saying. God was speaking through that man. He encouraged us to get in touch with people, just to send something, to say something, to encourage one another. See, I can hear it. I can think it's a good thing. I can hear what Barry said last week. Yeah, that's great, Barry. Wonderful. And I do nothing with it through the week. God is asking us, taking the next step, putting our best foot forward, is about living faith. 
Faith and works going together. Hugh Latimer, Protestant reformer during the 1500s, he was known as a great preacher of his day and he had many opportunities to preach. One of them was to preach before King Henry VIII, no less. I'm not sure that that's a gig I would have rushed to take. I mean, it's one thing preaching before you guys. But Henry VIII, now that's something else. History records that he did think about this. <laughs> and he, was, he thought about the great responsibilities of it. And he was also aware that Henry VIII probably wasn't going to like what he was going to say. He contemplated this, and as he did, he sat there beforehand. The, history, the, the, the story goes that Latimer sat there, and, and he heard a voice saying, Latimer, remember, you're preaching before King Henry VIII, who, if he wills, can take your life. And then a second voice came to him, and it said, Latimer, remember, you are preaching before the King of Kings. Do not displease him. History recalls that Latimer chose to preach what Christ put in his heart. And ultimately it cost him his life. You see, faith in action. We don't all face that, I must admit. We don't, we're very privileged, but there are of our brothers and sisters around the world at the moment, at this very day, that are facing the prospects of laying their lives down, losing their families, being turned out by their families, all sorts of stuff. There are those of our brothers and sisters who to this day are facing those sorts of problems. Why are they going through such persecution? Why are they being so pressed? Because they have less faith than us? And because we have more faith and we have a happier life and an easier life? No. Nothing to do with that. It's because we fight not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. Church, we are in a battle. Can't get away from it. And there will be that battle until Christ returns, until Satan is put in that pit forever, and until we stand before Christ in our regenerate bodies. There is a battle. We don't face the same choices, but quite honestly, the choices that we do face for us, for you, for me, are just as important. You know, there are choices that I make during the course of a day that nobody else knows about. And I want to keep the integrity of my heart before God in making those choices. You will never know about them. It won't have any impact on your thoughts or your understanding or your opinion of me. But between me and God, I want to keep my heart right. Those are really important choices to make. And sometimes, sometimes they are quite difficult. Why? Because they come out of the blue. Because we don't expect them to come. Sometimes they're difficult because they come when we're hard-pressed by other things. How many times have you been in a situation, you think, oh, nothing worse can come. I spoke to somebody a week, two weeks ago, and they said to me, this happened. Somebody died in their family, and then something else happened, and then their house nearly blew up, and then they had to move house, and then the father died, and then something else happened. And he said to me, what else can go wrong? Those are the moments when that integrity, faith and action, holding on to God, taking the next step, stepping out, putting our best foot forward, are really, really important. If we're going to grow, and as I said 
a few weeks back, I felt God had said that we would grow. If we're going to grow, it means there will be change. I'm not saying there has to be change. I'm saying there will be change. As I grew as a child, I was skinny. I was like a rake. You see me in my wedding photographs, it was like a rake and a stick across there and a stick down the middle and my suit just hung on me. And then Sharon had two kids and I put on weight every time she had another, another child and I never got rid of it. She did and I didn't. Well, that's my argument anyway. I had growing pains as I grew up. I can remember my legs. Oh, my legs were so painful. See, growth brings change. And if we're going to grow, there will be change. Corrie Ten Boom said this. She said, there is no panic in heaven. God has no problems, only plans. And even when we are caught by surprise, the Lord never is and knows exactly how things shall come to pass. Corrie Ten Boom, she went through concentration camp. She went through the Second World War. She had to learn how to forgive the guards that had abused her and killed people around her. Corrie Ten Boom went through it. She understood it. She wasn't speaking out of a, 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 a study of it. She was speaking from living it and going through it. Sometimes we go through stuff. But that brings me back to that picture, the illustration I used right at the beginning. The guy, the old Scotsman, rowing his boat across the lock. You need two oars to row a boat. Now, I know people who, who may row boats who say, no, actually you don't. You can get away with just one. You can scull over the back of the, the boat and you can row. That isn't the proper way of propelling that boat across the lake. You need two oars. And if you take one of those oars away, what happens? We need two oars in our life. What propels us in God, what propels us in life, are two oars, faith and works. And really when I'm coming back again, our lives needing to be propelled by that, we need to have everything about us directed. We need to recognise that our plans, the plans that we make, God directs. You know, there's times when there's times when we want to take the next step, but we are afraid to. Why? Because we're afraid to make mistakes. We're afraid I might get it wrong. Hey, listen, I'm not pointing fingers here. I know. I have agonized over a decision. I have agonized over whether God is saying I should do this or not do this. I have prayed and sought God and all that stuff. I've, I've done that at times. And I've agonized so much because I've been afraid of making the wrong decision. That scripture, if we apply it as faith, not just as a key that we say, oh, there's a key, let's unlock it, but actually apply it as faith. Take it as something that we do ourselves. We own it. We plan our way, but recognize that God sovereignly will overrule our footsteps. We plan the things that we need to say, but we recognize sovereignly that God will direct our speech. If we live that way, propelled by faith and works in the life as we go forward, then we're putting the best foot forward. That's what I believe putting the best foot forward is. So, how do we take that first step? 
And I've just got a very long scripture reading and three short little pointers to what I think God is saying on how we can take that step. Because I believe that's what God's saying. Hear me right. God is not speaking a word of rebuke at all. I just felt God saying, you just need to encourage them. You just need to encourage them. I was talking to somebody in the week and I was listening to them saying this. It was the same person that was talking about all the things that had gone wrong. And my heart bled. And I thought, what do I say? How do I, how do I fix this? Because I'm a fixer. I tinkered with my toys all my life. I pulled them apart, put them back together. I mended cars. I did engineering. I worked with lathes. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a fixer. And I looked at this guy and my heart was saying, I want to fix this. And all I could say was, just hang in. By the way, that's why we need church. That's why we need each other. Because I need you to say to me, when you see that I'm going through stuff, hang in, Dave. God's with you. Let's read from Joshua 3. I want to read this passage um, which actually chronicles the children of Israel, if you remember, have been marching through the, 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 uh, the wilderness for 40 years. They arrived at this same place 40 years before. Moses was with them. They sent the spies into the land. They spied it out. Spies came back. Some of the spies said, yeah, this is excellent. Look what God's done. Look at all this great food. Look at it. It's amazing. And then a bunch of the other spies came back and said, mm, no, the guys, they're a bit big. And so they never did. They just wandered around. Forty years later, they ended up. And it says, So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord God, your God, says. Today you will know the living God is amongst you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gershonites, Amorites, Jebusites, ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men from the tribe of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off from upstream and the river will stand still like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was a harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began to back up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarephan. And the water below that point flowed to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord of the Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by 
they waited until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. What's that got to do with taking the next step? Well, when I punched in to Google and I looked for a scripture or passage which was talking about taking the next step, that's what came up. But I think it's a really, I think there are three things that we can, we can gather from this. The first is this. If you go back, go back a few verses, you'll see it says there, Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders amongst you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. I believe that the first point about taking that next step, how we actually do that, that helps us do that, break through that should I, shouldn't I, is that we need to be ready to move when God says. We need to have prepared. We need to spend time with the Lord. We need to keep a short account with him. We need to allow God to challenge us. We need to keep our hearts open. We need to, as I said before, when we're talking about parables, we need to be tilling the soil of our hearts so that when the seed of God's word lands, it finds a good place to take root. We need to do that. We need to be ready to move. Always ready to be moved. And I just felt God saying to me, are you Dave? What if? Would you? Are you ready? What are you ready to give up? What are you ready to lay down? Mark 8, 34 and 35 says, Jesus called the crowd. If any of you wants uh, to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. I find that really challenging. Honestly, I find that really, really challenging. I find that a very difficult. Again, I felt God gave me the, the passage and I, 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 I hesitated because there is so much talk around in, 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 in the world, so much talk in the Christian world about God wants to bless you, God wants to give you everything you want. If you need this, just pray and you'll get it. If you ask for that, you'll get that. Just pray and you'll be healed. If you're not healed, well, okay, maybe there's a problem. There's so much talk about that. And yet this says here, if anyone to follow her, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. Am I saying God never blesses us? No, I'm not. God does. And God, God's heart is to reach out and bless us. But actually sometimes we've just got to get on with it. We've got to take the challenge. Taking the next step is about putting our, foot, uh, our best foot forward is about being ready. Secondly, remember the promises of God. In chapter 2, verses 1, and then in 20, 23 and 24, it says there, Joshua secretly went out with the two spies. And in, those first, in that first verse there, it talks about them going over. He instructed them to scout out the land at the other side. And then in verse 23 and 24, it says, And then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. And the Lord has given us the whole land, they said. 
for all the people in the land are terrified of us. They came back. Think about this. 40 years before they'd been there, they'd looked at the land, they'd seen exactly the same thing. Came back 40 years later, they went to the land, had a look at the land, and they saw that nothing really had changed. The promises of God were still there. But this time they saw them as the promises of God instead of the problems. And I believe that's part of what God is saying. It's the next step, taking that next step, is about remembering what God has done, being blessed by what God has done, but more than that, by you and me sharing what God has done. When you get the opportunity to share what God has done, we share it. And then finally, my last point, and this I think for me was, was a really important one. It talks in, in, in verses 14 to 17, the story says there, that the people left the camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. 15, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing, an impossible situation. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water, the water above the point began to back up a great distance. And then if you go on at the end of verse 17, it says right at the end of that verse, it talks about the, the, the meanwhile the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord of the Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed. People passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had gone by. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say the ark of the covenant is, is, a, is an illustration of the presence of God with his people. God is with us, but God goes ahead of us. When we take that next step, it's because we're following our Lord. But when we take that next step, it doesn't finish with the fact that we're following our Lord. He is behind us as well. The ark remained in the middle. I'm trying to say that taking the next step, putting our best foot forward, obeying, living our lives propelled by faith and hope, all those things, they're all rooted in the fact that God is with us. That's what those passages were at the beginning. That's what the, 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 those, those verses 1 and, and 9 in, in, in Proverbs was talking about. It's talking about we plan and God does. We think and God does. God is with us. He's there with us. Taking the first step, putting the best foot forward, is about remembering that God is before you. He died on the cross for us, for goodness sake. He's there. But it's also about this as well. I know that you are weak, he says. But more than that, this is Paul talking and he's talking about praying for healing, but he's talking about grace. God's grace is for there for us for all time. Christ died on the cross for us, church. He's ahead of us, but his grace is there with me now. Let us put our best foot forward. Let us take the next step. Let us step out in faith. Faith and works. May our lives be propelled by both oars of faith and works. I just believe God wants us to be encouraged to take steps of faith. To recognise that he's with us, to look back and be encouraged by what we've seen him do in our lives in the past, to look out for one another 
and to recognize that change, uh, growth is change and to climb them, their mountains, we've got to actually start stepping out. We can't sit in the settee and just look at the possibilities. We need to get excited. I want to give you some homework. I was wondering whether I should ask you to stand and show whether you feel it. No, I'm not going to do that. This is between you and the Lord. But I want to give you some homework. Go home. If you don't feel excited about what God can do with you, ask him to touch your heart. You may not know what it is. You may ask him and God puts a, put, puts a sense of excitement in your heart and you just don't know what it is God is saying. You have no idea what the next step is. Prepare for it. But ask God to put something in you that causes your pulse to just click up a beat when you start thinking about what God could do. And my prayer for every single one of us in this room is that that's what will happen by his Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray now that you will, you will set that that is of you. And I pray that all the rest will just fade away. Lord, take us forward in all that you have for us, individually and as a church, I pray in your name. Amen.